toast and joking too. Sipping and roasting is what we do. Light them up, drink them down. Whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. about to begin welcome ladies and gentlemen to this fine radio program podcast and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous smoking and toasting thank you for uh coming along and uh sharing this program with us it's show number 316 which puts us mathematically halfway to 333 which is that will be the big anniversary show so we're looking forward to that that's going to be exciting uh on today's show on the show that really knows how to beat down a joke (laughs) that's right (laughs) (laughs) see one of the things and my wife may wish that she'd never introduced us because up until you and I met, I didn't have really any closer friends <laughs> that believed that a joke gets funnier every, every time, time you tell, you tell it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's funnier. And my funnier. wife is like, oh, she's face bombing. You know, <laughs> why did I do this? <laughs> uh, well, welcome, folks, to uh, show number 316. On today's program, uh, we'll be uh, quoting my uh, partner here, Mr. Ian Barry, that you can smoke anywhere you want to in California, as long as it's not. Indoors or outdoors. That's, right. That's an Ian quote, and it uh, it it will uh, it will come home to roost uh, on today's show. So uh, we'll look forward. I to I try that. to kick the truth to the youth. <laughs> you know, as they say, and you do such a fine job of that. That's good. Uh, so a big thanks to last week's uh, special guest, Sean Hanrahan with uh, Platypus Brewing Company uh, here in our hometown. Oh, of he's so fun, man. He was fun. He brought on beers; they were delicious. And nobody uh, says Bobby Dazzler like nobody. that guy. Nobody. <laughs> he says it better than Crocodile Dundee would say. It. I know. I love that the 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 most like uh, uh, you know intense question I could think of to ask him was Crocodile Dundee. What was up with that? <laughs> like, Nobody's like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's from uh, Australia originally, but he relocated <clears throat> here so he could uh, brew some beers. Anyway, big thanks to them, uh, and we have uh, big exciting things to talk about on the show today. In addition, by the way to uh, this news about uh, smoking in California. Uh, We have the results of the Texas Craft Beer Cup. And since we're in Texas, I thought it would be interesting to look what beers won major awards at the Texas Craft Beer Cup this year. So uh, we'll look at uh, that. We'll look at uh, some cigars to watch for. And uh, the story of American whiskey from a 170-year-old shipwreck. That could be worth millions. Wow! Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. So lots of uh, lots of good things that are all about cigars and spirits and uh, craft beer on today's program. And uh, speaking of those wonderful things, uh, we will be tasting from a Beta Brewing Company in honor of Mardi Gras, which is uh, you know has has been going mm-hmm. on since Tuesday. In honor of Mardi Gras, we will uh, taste the Mardi Gras Bach. Uh, from Abita Brewing Company. Nice. In, uh, in I don't Louisiana. think I've had that one. I've had uh, most of the Abita stuff. Yeah, yeah. Abita's a pretty popular brand in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're usually fine. But I don't think I've Turbo had Mardi Gras Bach either. Yeah. Uh, in honor of um, <clears throat> of Imperial February, which we oh, that's right. talked Imperial about last February. week, uh, we'll be trying New Belgium Brewing's Juice Force. It's the Voodoo Ranger Hazy Imperial IPA. So we'll be trying that. And uh, then in honor of uh, breakfast, or in honor of dessert, 
or both <laughs> uh, from Untitled Art, their ice cream waffle pastry stout. Wow! So they yeah. have a whole series of these pastry stouts. Yeah, they do. And they're really good. Really good with them too. And, and going uh, on them, yeah. But nothing sounds better to me than ice cream waffle. That sounds pretty <laughs> well, awesome. Except for ice cream breakfast chicken of, waffle. That's breakfast of champions. But I don't know if I'd want ice cream chicken waffle beer. I don't think a chicken flavored drink is. Yeah, is what I don't. I want. Yeah, I don't think. Although, I'm going yeah, I mean, arguably. What's left after you eat the noodles in a chicken noodle soup is a chicken flavored drink. I think that's mostly a, uh, a butter flavored drink. Is what, <laughs> that's what that and is. And you know, one time uh, Chris Morris mm -hmm. over at his restaurant uh, where he works made me a uh, pho a based, pho based. Oh, interesting. Um, beverage, which was actually outstanding. And I suppose that was a beef based. Yeah. Drink, so, so you're telling me you don't go to the maybe uh, uh, maybe a chicken flavored drink is not so bad an idea. You're either. telling me you don't go to the refrigerator late at night and and uh, just take a big swig off the uh, half used bottle of bone broth that you have. So, <laughs> so I was about to say actually, uh, in this case, maybe you'd want your chicken beer warm. Yeah, I, because, it does sound like because, a warm you know, like, a no toddy. One, no one really wants cold chicken soup, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> Although cold chicken can be really good. <laughs> cold chicken is different, right? Cold chicken cold and cold, chicken, cold pizza. They, yeah, oh, that's yeah. all right. You, now, now we're talking. So we'll be, uh, we'll be looking at all of those things. Plus, uh, from Jalisco, Mexico, Excelia Tequila Añejo. Excelia. Is excited about this. I, I love Añejo tequilas in general, so we'll see how we do with uh, the Excelia. So a lot of good stuff. Oh, and uh, of course, uh, on our program today, we will, as we've been doing for quite some time now, uh, be bringing you the feature that uh, more people seem to want to talk about, and I don't know why, <laughs> than anything else that happens on this program. It's a little something we call Drinking News. And on today's uh, Drinking News, our teaser headline... You have to picture Beavis and Butthead here. Or just proceed the way. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. That's our teaser headline. It didn't quite fit with the ukulele. Uh, 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 oh, no, see, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it took me a second, but I'll go, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so breaking the law for today's uh, for today's uh, uh, drinking news. So we'll be getting to that. Uh, uh, plus, uh, if we have time, we'll get to this, too. The most often recommended whiskeys of 2023. Nice. So when you say, hey, what should I have? These are the ones that people are pointed towards. The most often recommended whiskeys in yeah, 2020. Yeah. So we'll look forward to all that. Uh, how about you? You have an interesting week? You have a chance to smoke anything uh, that is worthy of uh, discussion? Yes. As a matter of fact, I... Um... <laughs> One of these days, that's what you're going to do. I'm going to go, so just smoke anything interesting this week. No. You're just going to go, or, or yes, and then that's it. No further <laughs> answer, information. Yes. What uh, What did you find out about what you smoked? So uh, in, uh, due to, uh, I've got a little bit of a different schedule this week. Due uh -huh. to a few things happening, some being shifted around. But uh, I left work yesterday evening, and between work and rehearsal, mm -hmm. I found this great little dive bar. Ooh. <laughs> like sound of this so already. It's like a 249 called BNH. I mean, it is a. I when I walked in, I was the youngest man in there by at least 20 years. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm going. <laughs> that always makes me feel really good, you know? <laughs> um anyway. <laughs> and I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so I walked in, I ordered a shiner, and I went out on the patio and uh, lit my cigar. And uh, what I had was a Sin Grand Robusto oh, Maduro. Nice. Have you had one of the Sin cigars? I've had one, yes. Uh, this is the yeah. first one I've had. I've, I've been aware of them. They've been out for a while, mm -hmm, I think 2021, mm -hmm. maybe 20, 
20 i don't, yeah, I don't remember they are exactly. a newer brand though but yeah so uh so they've been out for a little bit so i grabbed this uh robusto when i was at uh specs the other day i think mm-hmm. um uh because i knew i'd have to catch up on a uh, on a review and i just i hadn't had this one i was like well this looks interesting so this was the uh, robusto five by 54 uh with a five-year age san andreas maduro wrapper um from the dominican the uh, uh the binder is five-year aged corojo uh corojo 99 uh from the dominican mm-hmm. and the filler is five-year age seco habano vuelo abajo corojo viso original mm. habano hva corojo 99 lejero that's easy for you to say. Also from the Dominican. So mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. a Dominican Puro. And, and was this the I, uh, the IRA or the IRA? Is that yes, the one you had? Okay. Yeah. I think you didn't you review this not I too did. long ago? I did, yes. I still have my notes on it. I was looking back at it. Ah, I'd be interested see, uh, to see. To see how they compare, yeah. So the appearance on this espresso brown, uh, veiny, oily, leathery in appearance, semi-rustic, and firm overall feel. Two bands on it. It had the big sin band and then the IRA band right underneath it. It's very pretty. Uh, the pre-light sniff on is mocha and barnyard sweet tea and slightly fruity uh, mm-hmm. notes that I got on it. The pre-light draw, I used a punch. It had a light draw to it. Creamy and sweet, leather and mocha, kiss of pepper going on. The initial uh, light blast of sweet fruit and mocha backed by toast and oaky notes. Underlying pepper keeps the palate anchored. But uh, I, I wrote in my notes from uh, when I reviewed it, that it did have a little bit of a, a of a pop to start with, but it wasn't at all a Nicaraguan pepper blast. Obviously, it's not Nicaraguan tobacco, so that's no, part of so the reason. No, so it but. had it had this big, robust flavor to start with, but it was very to me, it was very sweet fruit mocha, like roasty uh, toast and oaky things going on. It wasn't a mm-hmm. it wasn't a pepper blast. There was pepper involved, but it wasn't a pepper blast by mm. any means. Right, right. Well, I wouldn't uh, call it a pepper fluff or mm-hmm, waft, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, it was it was there. The, it was there to keep it anchored. The first third, I got sweet, creamy coffee and mocha envelopes the palate. The background is oak and pepper on toast. An underlying fruity note weaves throughout. Retrohale is sweet, oaky, and toasty, almost a bourbony kind of note to it. Solid ash, perfect burn. Uh, second, third, spice picks up a bit here and adds to adds some fun to the sweetness and creamy coffee. Fruity flavors become more prominent as well. Toast and oak finish with a touch of sweet tea. Uh, retrohale is sweet, fruity, and toasty. Solid ash, good burn. The last third is cigar, toasty and sweet. Coffee and fruit, sweet tea and oak. All these things uh, come together with a kiss of pepper and cinnamon on a uh, tail end. Medium strength, abundance of silky smoke. Retrohale is uh, peppery and sweet, solid ash, good burn. I think I got this cigar $7-ish. Uh, do you remember what you paid for yours? Uh, I have in my notes here 8 to 9. Okay, it's possible it was 8 <clears> to 9. <throat> and if that's true, uh, then I give it a 5.5. It was a good cigar. Exactly what I gave it, um, a 5.5. Yeah, it was. I couldn't remember what I paid for it. And when I looked it up online, there were places saying $5. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I know that's not what I paid yeah, for it. So yeah. um, at... at at $8, 8 to $9, and 5.5, it was a good cigar. I'll get another one. It was very enjoyable. Did you get all the sweet notes out of it that I Yeah, got? I did. I, I And I, I was just looking back at my notes from when I, I did. I, that was when I smoked last year. Uh, but in the notes, I talked about how it was a very different profile from the cigars that I normally yeah, smoke. And that was very one of the, different. one of the reasons I think I enjoyed it. It was just, it was, it was different, but it wasn't 
uh, it, it didn't lack complexity. Well, and if, if I would say on that particular cigar, I mean, if, if you're interested, like, in something in the medium range, like, most of the time in the medium range, the cigars I get, the cigars I smoke, my go-tos are, are kind of spicy. Mm-hmm. And this one was more of a sweet. Right. It and didn't I have a little pepper kick to it. It but, had a little yeah. bit of pepper to it, but, I mean, it had more sweet than mm-hmm. anything that I've smoked in a while. Absolutely, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even. I don't even remember what I've had recently that's uh, that's got that much kind of sweetness to it. Well, so I remember. It was nice. I remember liking it a lot. Uh, I had something very interesting. Uh, I had the Southern Draw Manzanita, the Toro. Oh, uh, Southern Draw is, and I, I keep wanting to call it Southern Draw, but Southern it's draw. It's, it's Southern Draw. We call uh, Robert Holt and say, "Hey, man, we need to do something about this." Because yeah. uh, Sun Draw is a newer cigar brand. Uh, they hit the market for the first time in 2014. They like to name their expressions after plants or things that describe plants, and Manzanita is, in fact, both. In addition to literally meaning little apple, uh, Manzanita yes. also uh, reverts uh, refers to shrubs or trees that have a reddish bark. Uh, there is a slight uh, red hue to the Manzanilla cigar uh, outer wrapper, uh, so I'm guessing that's where uh, this one got its name. Southern Draw is not big on telling us where the tobaccos that were used in their blends are grown. Uh, they say they don't want to give us any preset expectations before we even light up. They do, however, let us know that the wrapper is a Habano hybrid leaf, the binder is Habano, and the filler tobacco is... Uh, uh, Pelo de Oro and Corojo 99, along with others. It was blended and rolled at the Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez factory Mm -hmm. in Nicaragua. Uh, And he does uh, work on a lot of the Southern Draws, is my understanding. Uh, Pre-light sniff revealed earth and fermented tobacco, hay, and tea leaf were the primary notes on the cold draw. The draw was a little tight, which worried me, but turned out uh, to be fine once the Manzanita was lit. Uh, citrus and earth were the first notes to hit my senses, and I got a little bit of chocolate, too, in the first third. By the time I hit the second third, those were joined by one that reminded me of chai tea. Uh, if you've ever had a good chai tea, I, I don't really drink chai tea, but I've had, like, I've had latte, like chai tea latte. Uh, anyway, uh, that gave the cigar a nice creamy sweetness and made it very enjoyable. Despite my initial concerns, the cigar burned great, almost perfectly, as a matter of fact. The draw was not quite as open as I usually prefer, uh, but it smoked well and gave me plenty of thick gray-blue smoke. Uh, Gray-blue would be the color of Superman's hair when he gets older. Oh, nice. You know, because Superman had that blue-black mm-hmm. hair, remember? But once he gets older, yeah, it would be gray-blue. Gray blue. Yes. yes, exactly. Uh, I detected a little bit of hazelnut, uh, a hazelnut note right around the halfway point, and that stayed with me all the way through the final third. The creaminess backed off a little to make room for earth and a little bit of pepper, especially on the retrohale. The manzanita was complex and very well-balanced. Construction was as good as it gets all the way through. Uh, it's not cheap. Manzanita will set you back thirteen or fourteen dollars, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think that you get what you pay for with this one. So I'm going to give it a solid five uh, price to quality. So I, I look back at my um, review on this, and we have a lot of uh, parallels on there, mm-hmm. especially the tea, um, yeah, the tea leaf thing going on, which I, on mine snuck in a little bit later as pretty interesting. The nuttiness you were talking about, and uh, and the chocolate notes. Um, mine, uh, however, had burn issues. Oh. Uh, I put a and note that's so down interesting because mine could not have burned better. I gave this a solid five, 
uh, but I uh, left the caveat. I would give it a six if no burn issues. The one I had was the Robusto. Interesting. Yeah. So, so interesting. this one, this one was the Toro, but that was one of the really outstanding things about it was it burned just absolutely perfectly. Right. You know, I, I I love the Southern Draw stuff. I don't think they make a cigar that I don't yeah, like. I agree. I agree. Uh, the Jacob's Ladder. The uh, I like the, 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 the Rose, Cedrus, of, Rose of Sharon. The Rose of Sharon. It's is so great. Good. It's really really good. Yeah. And you're right about Cedrus. In fact, I Cedrus is so I reviewed good. the Cedrus. I want to say four or five months ago. Mm. Uh, but I remember really, really enjoying that. Yeah, Cedrus is one of those cigars where when I see it, I generally pick one up at yeah, least. Yeah, at least put one <laughs> in the... Yeah. What do you call the box? You know when you go to Casa and uh, you walk into the humidor and they have those wooden open top wooden little uh, thin wooden boxes that you get it and you put your cigars in it while you wander around the humidor. What do you call those shopping things? Shopping box? Uh, yeah, it's oh. like a shop. That's what it is. It's a shopping yeah, right, box. Right. I, I wonder if those have a name. You know, I never pick those up. I always end up with an oversized handful of cigars. <laughs> I love that. And, and a fistful of cigars. <laughs> I love that. It seems like it would be an ad for Cigars International. Fistful of cigars. Right. Speaking of Cigars International, uh, they are opening stores in Katy and Conroe. I know. Uh, both going? to the north and west of Houston. I got so. coupons for one. You got coupons? I got coupons in the mail. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. I think one of them is like a free five pack with some purchase. Dude, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. Well, I don't think they're open yet, but they're good. I, I'm, I'm on their email list, so I uh, I got a so an email like last week. Oh, I bet you have a digital of, coupon in there. Photos somewhere. of the uh, you know under construction site, but they right. said it's coming along. So, uh, so yeah, we'll have to go and and check it out. Uh, speaking of check it out, we have lots to check out, including some fine beers and a little bit of tequila on today's show. We will begin getting to that when we come back. It is smoking and toasting, uh, program number three hundred and sixteen. If you can believe it, I'm having a hard time. Wrapping my head around it myself. <laughs> we'll be right back. Halfway to 333. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Speaking of fine spirits, uh, I Anna, have another thing that I could put... You know, I, I realized that I already put the Cuban Cohiba that's going to, uh, a box of the Cuban Cohibas that are going oh, to retail Christmas for more than me, right? $100 a piece. Yes, that's on my Christmas list. And we added to that, you know, gift suggestions for me from you at Christmas time. We added to that uh, a box of the General Cigars U.S. Cohiba because they're going to have one that's almost as expensive i think yeah, it's around yeah. 80 bucks i mean you want to be able to directly compare those two exactly oh yeah you want to a b them if you can right so right, right. i mean it. just light them at the same time one in each ashtray and then occasionally swap hands because you know the battle over the cohiba name rages on yes uh, between the cuban cohiba and the uh, uh one that's available in the, in the rest of the world so so in addition to those two things I also would uh, like to put a bottle of whiskey on uh, my uh, my list. I mean, you have to have something to drink while you're mm -hmm. two-fisting. Exactly. You have to have something to drink while you're two-fisting your American and your Cuban Cohiba. The story of this uh, whiskey that I want uh, begins on an ill-fated evening in December of 1854. A passenger steamer called the Westmoreland floundered in the frigid waters of northern Lake Michigan. In addition to the 17 lives that were lost that night, with the contents of the ship's hull, which included, and all I want for Christmas, is one of the 280 bottles of whiskey. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there's 280 of them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry two, not 280 bottles, 280 barrels. Oh, barrels. Of yeah, I just want one bottle 
of the whiskey that was in that. It was uh, largely forgotten by history until 2010 when shipwreck diver Ross Richardson discovered the wreckage of the Westmoreland 200 feet below uh, the surface of the waters. And according to his team, the cold and calm conditions of the water have worked wonders in preserving the submerged vessel. In fact, he estimates it to be among the best preserved wrecks of the 19th century, which brings us to the booze. Uh, there's no guarantee like how much of the liquid is left or what quality it exists in, considering that it's resting in wood instead of glass. But the price of what remains, they say, would be a single bottle yeah, uh, of the uh, scotch salvaged uh, off of uh, the coast of Scotland from a shipwreck uh, recently went for almost 13,000 pounds. So okay. they're estimating that they're estimating basically this whiskey could be worth millions. That's been well, in the how much of per bottle? Oh well, I'm sure it won't be more than uh, you know. Uh, I'm sure it won't be more than I don't know. The whole, the whole thing would be about 871 million. Okay. So you you figure how many bottles in a barrel divided by yeah, and uh, yeah and so I'm I'm sure it would Ian I'm sure it wouldn't be more than about twenty thousand. I'm outrageous. Yes, that yeah. they're not charging more. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so put that on my Christmas list. You know, I, I it's like, it, it's like your, one of those. Your uh, Christmas list is going to take me a while. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> uh, do, you know what else? We're, we're going to have to push this program a little bit harder. You know what else? You, <laughs> you know what else you can put on there is uh, uh, just a, a song for um, uh, Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. See, you could you could just give me a song. At what cost, this. man? At what cost? <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of, we're gonna have to push the show a little harder. I uh, wanted to remind everybody we want we want to start uh, with a segment um, where we uh, where we answer your emails here on Smoking and Toasting. So I don't know if we've talked about the email address very much, but if you want to email us, and you can do so with questions, they can be about uh, hand rolled cigars, they can be about fine spirits, they can be about craft beer, or they can be about none of those things. If you just want to ask us generic questions about life we're the guys to answer that oh, yeah uh, so uh email us at st that's for smoking and toasting st at rfcmedia.com that will get your email to us and we're going to start we've got a few emails that, that we've not ever acknowledged on the air so i think in next week's segment we're going to talk email uh, and, oh. and answer the mailbag. So there's another song we need is a smoking and toasted mail song, email bag song, yeah. email. Song. Yeah, so you can't call it the mail song. That would be toxic, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're far more woke than that. We will go with the e. I know. Song. I said something funny when I hear John giggle over <laughs> That's here. Right. <laughs> right. If it's just me laughing, probably right. wasn't all that funny anyway. I just have a very warped sense of humor. You, you uh, know what I have here in my hand? I believe you have a beer. I have this uh, beautiful Abita Mardi Gras Bach, brewed and bottled by Abita Brewing Company, LLC, Abita Springs, Louisiana. Um, it says, you know let what, the good you know times. I have in my hand. Oh, see? Some cups for beers. This is like, this is like we should get together. <laughs> yeah, well, it's totally working in, uh, in concert with <laughs> each other. You got your chocolate and my peanut butter. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did I just date myself with that commercial? Mm -hmm. Um let the good times roll with this uh, carnival favorite brewed with pale pilsner and caramel malts, German pearl hops. Uh, Mardi Gras Bach is similar to German male, my box in its uh, rich malt flavor and full body. So it's similar to them. Love it. Right. That cap didn't clink like it should have. No, you, you wanted a little more of that rattly sound. Yeah, I don't, I don't, is it the cap? Is it? Okay. 
It's, it's something it, about it's the something cap. about the cap. You're right. It doesn't have as as. It doesn't have a clinkle clinkle. Okay, that's interesting. Kind of a flat sound. <laughs> yeah, usually you usually there's that very distinct cap rolling yeah, around. Yeah, there's a little sound. metallic plink. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned uh, that you were dating yourself. Uh, I'll ask yeah. while, while you're poor. I did that a lot in college. I'm, I'm dating myself, and I'm yeah. finding that I'm not sure I want to pursue the relationship. Yeah. Listen, the one thing I can tell you about dating yourself, though, is you know you can always get lucky at the end of the night. So there, there you go. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, this is just us today, so I have two. Oh. Uh, all right. All right. Hey. Wonderful. I like I like the way you think. All right. So this is the Mighty Grub Bach. Now, Abita, uh, Purple Haze, they're very well known for. Yeah, yeah. Purple Haze uh, is... They, they make, uh, what is the Gator one? Andy Gator. Andy Gator. Is a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty mean little beer there. Turbo uh, Dog. Turbo Dog is the one. Turbo Dog is yeah. like the iconic of beer yeah. to me. Yeah. I think so. Uh, although I, I see Purple Haze a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, well, Purple Haze is different. That's the sweet one. It has, mm-hmm. uh, right. is it blueberries in I think it? It's, I think it is blueberries. Blueberries yeah. or uh, raspberry. Yeah. Blueberry, I And think. it was before the uh, the sour craze really started. Yeah. Because uh, Purple Haze has been around for a this while. This smells great. But, uh, yeah, it really That's does, doesn't it? <laughs> it it's I'm got that. Uh, threatening it with my nose It's right got now. that bring me a pretzel smell. Yes, mm-hmm. very much. Very much. Like this, like just on the nose goes great with ooh pretzels and Oh, I like it. Mustard. Brats. Mm. Pretzels and brats and Bach. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. It was not exactly what I expected, but it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's... uh... I was expecting, to be honest, something a little more along along the lines of Scheinerbach, and it is very different from that, at least to my taste buds. Scheinerbach is a a great, uh, great beer. I think this right here... It's just a different take on it. Like mm-hmm. it's, this has got a little more bitter to it, but it also has a little more sweet. Uh, it's a little less down the middle, so to speak, than say Shinerbach. Um, it's sweeter, uh, a little bit like the um, like the Springbach from San Arnold's, but it has a little more bitter right. than you'd expect. So it's kind of a nice a nice blend of things. It's really a pretty. Uh... Pretty drinkable beer, I, I think. It, it's it, a little more viscous than I would have assumed, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Got a little more heft to it a in terms more of mouthfeel. Body. I'm kind of digging it, though. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, pouring myself a second. <laughs> Always good to see you continue, doing continuing research. It's got the right amount of, I think, um, carbonation in it, too, to make it fun. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, are you familiar with a website called Scotch and Cigars? I'm not. It's interesting uh, website. I don't know why I'm not familiar with yeah, that. Like, that sounds like something I'd go to. It's an interesting website. Um, they uh, posted a while back, and we've not had a chance to get to it, but I wanted to go over it today. They posted their list of the top 25 cigars of the year for last year. And also some honorable mentions. So let me just run over right. these real quick. Uh, the honorable mentions included the Hoya de Monterey Sultans, Oh, yeah. The Enclave, Broadleaf Churchill, that's mm-hmm. that's a regular for me. Uh, the La Antigüedad Toro Gordo, mm, the Hoya de Nicaragua, Hoya Silver Corona, E.P. Carrillo's Core Plus, Maduro Churchill, Especial, number seven, Alec Bradley's Project 40, Churchill, and Herrera Esteli, Miami, Toro, Especial. Those were just the honorable mentions. Those are big cigars, too. Yeah, yeah, so, most of those are bigger sizes. And and so interesting, because like a lot of those I would have expected to find on the list. Mm-hmm. So when you have uh, when you have those in honorable mention, it'll be interesting to see 
what made their list. And here it is. Uh, number 25 was the Punch Diablo Scamp. I don't think I've had the Scamp. Well, that was the Scamp. I think that I think Scamp may be a size, though. I, it would have Punch to be. Diablo and then Scamp is a size. Probably a smaller uh, size. 24, La Aroma de Cuba, Mi Amor, Churchill. That's a very yeah. good cigar. Uh, Juan Lopez Selection, number two at 23. Uh, Placencia Alma del Fuego, Concepcion at number two. We've both, I think, reviewed uh, that cigar positively. Mm -hmm. La Flor Dominicana, Double the Hero Lancero at 21. Yeah. At 20, the Espinosa Habano, number four. 19 is the Tatuaje Nuevitas, Hibaro, yes, number one. You've had that one? I've had that. Uh, yeah, uh, Tatuaje, yes. Yeah. Uh, Fuente Fuente Opus X, Reserva de Chateau. Interesting because for years, Opus X topped every one of these lists. Yeah. Uh, and it's still very, very good. But on this particular list, uh, they do give them their, their props, but it comes in a little lower at 18. Oliva Siri V, Lancero at uh, uh, at 17. Or I had one of those last week. Uh, Rocky Patel's pre Platinum Limited Edition Habano Toro at number that. 16. The Punch Knuckle Buster Cigar, Natural Toro. That's a very good cigar. I've had that. Rocky Patel LB1 Toro at number 14. Uh, the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage Maduro Imperio at number 13. I haven't had a Perdomo in a while. I need to... You, you know, so I got lucky enough to have a little store around the corner that has just a little cabinet humidor. And one of the things that they always stock is the uh, Perdomo uh, 10th anniversary. Nice. So I get yeah. one of those once in a while, actually. Mm -hmm. and that's a great cigar. It really is. really is a great cigar. At number 12. Well, Nick knows what he's doing. The H. Upman 1844 Reserve. Yeah, that's a good cigar. What a great cigar. Monte Cristo Yellow, number two torpedo at 11. Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua Robusto at number 10. Yeah. That is a fine, Hard fine to go cigar. wrong with that. Absolutely. The Monte Cristo White Churchill came in at number nine. I reviewed a White Churchill. I got um, I got one as a Christmas gift from my mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. uh, she you know, gave me a nice little packet of cigars at Christmas. And I was like, you know, this is great because I would, I would never buy that, never buy that cigar. Mm -hmm. And I smoked it. I reviewed it here on the show. Yeah. It was so good. It yeah. was like... This shows you how good a lighter-bodied cigar mm -hmm. can be and what they're supposed to be like, you know. Instead of just meaning there wasn't much flavor, right. uh, there was there weren't many notes. It was full of well, flavor. That, my friend, is also the difference between uh, a lighter-bodied beer oh, absolutely. and a macro crab. Oh, absolutely. Macro beer, oh, absolutely. Uh, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the what, – what is that uh, uh, slogan for uh, – for uh, Michelob Ultra that we were joking about. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember yeah. for, for some reason, the only enjoy slogan I can think of is enjoy the go. But that's Charmin Toilet Paper's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, slogan. So it's not that. Or maybe it is if you drink a lot of Michelob Ultra. Uh, at number eight, the Cohiba Royale Robusto. I don't think that's the $100 one. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, so maybe you can just give me that one for Christmas. Be <laughs> uh, the Macanudo Gold LE 2021 uh, Pyramid. I don't smoke a lot of Macanudos, although I did a lot when I first got into cigars. But I did review one of the Macanudo Inspirado Red Label cigars yeah. last year on the show. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was really good. It was their slightly bolder, slightly more uh, in your face. Yeah, because uh, I think the, Macanudos tend to be on the uh, mild to medium side. Generally, generally speaking. Generally on the yeah, milder generally side. Generally speaking, yeah. Uh, at uh, number six, the Padron Siri 1926. Uh, number six. Hard at, to go wrong with any of that. Five, the Davidoff Winston Churchill. Hard to go wrong with that, yeah. even though I'm not Those a big Davidoff great. fan. The Winston Churchill is great. Hoy Those are de also expensive. 
Hoya de Monterey Epicure Selection number two is at number yes. four. Uh, I am a big fan of the cigar at number three, the Aging Room Cuatro Nicaragua Maestro. Yes. Very good cigar. Alec Bradley at number two with the Blind Faith. They uh, they put the Gordo Go uh, Alec there. Bradley. And finally at number one, and I uh, have had the cigar and it's very good. I don't know if I'd put it at number one, but it is very good. The CAO Pilon Robusto Extra. That's a good cigar. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that uh, quite frankly, that's a better list than some of the ones that we have looked at. You yeah, know what I mean? Just the honorable mentions was a great list of cigars. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that this particular list, uh, while it had some Robustos uh, and uh, Lancero or two, a lot of the cigars were bigger sizes mm -hmm. than a lot of lists put out. You know, I have become where the, where uh, the Robustos and the. Um, I used to probably the my favorite size cigars were a, a would be a tie between Robustos and Torpedos, uh, my favorite size and shape. And now, I smoke way more Toros than anything else. Way yeah. more, way more. So, all right, uh, uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, uh, more to talk about here on Smoking and Toasting, including uh, some cigars for you to watch for that are about to hit the shelves. So, stand by for that info. Nice. Smoking and Toasting. Nice. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, uh, all of which are getting more and more scarce in the uh, state of California. Uh, Ian, as a joke from when we were uh, we did we did a show out there at Beverly Hills Cigar Lounge, which to this day, I don't know how they keep it open because it seems like all of the forces in California are so anti-tobacco. And it's funny. They it, literally <laughs> only keep it open because it's only the man and his wife that run it. Right, right. Just, so it's a family business right. run by family. It's grandfathered in. And it, it's also a wonderful place, by the way. Beverly Hills Cigar Lounge. If you're in Los Angeles, uh, go and check it out. What's interesting, Ian, is almost everyone I know that lives in California smoke cigars like almost everyone you know so i one of the things i remember about the beverly hills uh cigar lounge and i don't know that we mentioned it all that much but uh the cigars there they had a nice selection of cigars yeah, they did they were kind of expensive yeah and well, the drinks and there they had a nice selection of drinks and they were kind of expensive can you imagine the overhead that they have there though oh i just what i was about to say it's not uncommon for prices at a cigar lounge to be absolutely uh, more and, expensive. And that was the thing. Like, the place was so cool. The people were so nice um, that it wasn't even an issue. You mm -hmm. just go in and you're like, you know what? This is worth it. So it was kind of like getting a piece of a piece of culture and history piece when you of, walk maybe in. Maybe even a little nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then on top of that, yeah, and again, you're paying a little more, but at the same time, you're keeping this place alive mm -hmm. that is i think one of the last bastions right oh absolutely uh of of uh cigar smoking in in the whole area and it's, and it's likely to remain one of the last bastions because a california assembly member state of california uh politician has introduced a bill aimed at banning tobacco sales forever oh you know just just like outright can't buy it includes handmade cigars for anyone born after january the 1st 2007 it, it the bill if enacted would mean that eventually no one in the state of california 
would be legally so they allowed to buy just cigars. Say, like, if you were born after this date, you were never allowed to buy a cigar. That's right. That's right. And if you think about it, not a lot of wiggle room. If you were born in 2007, so we're 23, right? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 is 5. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is 10. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is 15. 23 if you were born in 2007 or before 2007. I'm sorry, can you do that math again? No, I barely did it that time. I was told there would be no math, so that's why I count on my fingers. Uh, no, but I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure I understood. 16-year-olds could buy, depending on when your birthday was, 16-year-olds could buy uh, tobacco. Uh, but basically, that window will close. In other words, eventually, no one will be able to buy. Uh, will that is because you can't buy it under? Oh no, sixteen-year-olds oh, can't buy it. Now. That's so right. then you're going to have. So, so it basically, means nobody can, right? So Unless then, in twenty years, you're going to have you're going to have forty-year-olds buying cigars for thirty-year-olds mm -hmm. and getting in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. Whatever makes sense. Like uh, that math like doesn't work that, out, but I don't care. Like the kid that stood outside the uh, the liquor store waiting for somebody older to come along. Dude, could you buy me some beer? <laughs> I'll give you the money. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it's Assembly Bill nine thirty five introduced uh, on the fourteenth of this month by Assemblymember Damon Connolly, and it would mean basically everybody in California who's sixteen years or older, as well as the future generation. Do you generations think he has an exactly that age uh, daughter or son? Uh, probably so. I'm <laughs> guessing probably so. Uh, about thirty eight million never people. Buy tobacco in this town, kid. About thirty eight million people uh, live in California. It is the most populous state in the U.S. Uh, minimum age to buy tobacco and uh, other products in California is presently 21. Now, but here's what, and again, I, I'm not an anti-pod guy. I'm totally fine with it. I don't smoke weed a lot every every once in a while. I will, you know, take a hit off somebody else's, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm that guy, right? But in California, you can't you can't swing a cat around without hitting a weed store. They're oh, yeah. everywhere, right? Oh, and, and people vaping, smoking, right, right, on the street. But tobacco, dear God, do not have a cigar on the street. Right. Oh my goodness, yeah. As you've always said, you can smoke anywhere you, you want in California. Ticketed for a cigar standing next to a person smoking weed. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. So I don't know. I, I find the whole thing very interesting and and duplicitous, but. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So uh, that's let's, outrageous. let's hope, the, let's that's hope the bill doesn't pass. That's because, absolutely outrageous. Because like, you know the uh, smoking police will try to get it passed everywhere that's else. That's the kind it, of law that gives me like that one eye twitch that makes me just like, <laughs> I can't believe how stupid. Yeah, and I, I, you're not pleasant to be around you, when that eye you, twitch you, is going on, by the way, just so you know. It's a little freaky. To, <laughs> it's a little you freaky. have to think to yourself. Is this guy actually serious about this law, or is he just introducing it to try and make people like put up with his bull crap? Well, that could, like what is going on? That could very well be because I think a lot of laws are proposed that they know that there's no way they'll ever get approved. So they or, or maybe doing it for he's it. like, we're going to put up a law that's so outrageous mm -hmm. 
that by the time we put up the law we want, you're going to be like, oh, that seems reasonable. <laughs> right. All right. So you have poured us uh, some Voodoo Ranger. It is Imperial February, by the way. Uh, we declared it so after um, after dry January ended, and we thought, have you, know, you have what, you tasted this what yet? Better way? No, I haven't. Uh, what better way to uh, uh, to celebrate the month that follows dry January than by calling it Imperial You're February. probably going to want to slide that back over here and just not taste it at all. Oh, oh you think I won't like yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is, I mean, unfortunately, like, this is just not something I think you're going to think is Holy completely <laughs> facetious. This is outrageously so, good. It really, not only is it outrageously good, but I've never had an Imperial Hazy uh, or Juicy IPA before. It's, it's brutal I've on had, the tongue. I've had Imperial. But I, I don't think I've had one that's uh, that tasty. If you were like, man, I've never tasted an IPA. I'm not sure if I'd like it. Don't try this one first. I love this. It's fantastic. I love it. Love it's it. It's fantastic. It leaves your mouth watering so bad. Yeah. It, it is like it's like somebody took a grapefruit, grapefruit and yeah. made it beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean? But without adding a ton of sweetness. There's mm -hmm. a little sweet on the front of the palate, but it is grapefruit bitter. Uh, All kinds of citrus on the, on the finish, yeah, and and it is a wonderful bitter. But most imperial IPAs I have tried uh, finish pretty piney. This one's called know? Juice Force IPA. Juice Force, I love that. The uh, Voodoo, the Voodoo Ranger, Ranger series. series. You know, we talked, we gave New Belgium Brewing a little bit of crap a few weeks ago because they've changed the formula on Fat Tire, which has always been a great beer. Uh, but boy, are they WGF doing a good job. People. Fat well, Tire was brilliant. But boy, are they doing a good job with this Voodoo Ranger series uh, of IPAs. Yeah, this one's coming in at a, uh, at a oh, a lightly sessionable 9.5%. Oh, I told you, it's Imperial <laughs> February. All right, we'll be right back, and uh, uh, I'm going to sip this in the meantime. This is good beer. <laughs> oh, my God. This is what life's about right here. That's good. Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I cannot say enough about this Voodoo Ranger Juice Force Imperial IPA. It is fantastic. Wow, it's not just for good. breakfast anymore, Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah although we're, we're recording the show a little early uh, this week. And when I mean early, I mean early in the day. So, yeah, we're we're not just day drinking. We're morning drinking. So <laughs> We do this for you. This is yeah. a sacrifice that we it's, make. Someone has to do it. We're just glad. That, you know, we were called <laughs> upon. That's all I have to say. Uh, the TCBC, the Texas Craft Brewers Cup, is the only professional beer competition run and organized by the Tex Cra Texas Craft Brewers Guild. Uh, it is a uh, competition that showcases the outstanding quality and variety of Texas craft beer. It's now in its second year. And here's what they do. 852 beers were anonymized, meaning uh, the, wow, okay. like a blind taste test, right? 852 different Texas craft beers were judged by the industry professionals and experienced beer judges uh, over the last weekend of January. The 81 medal-winning beers, along with uh, the two Brewery of the Year Award winners, were revealed in a closing ceremony on February the 11th. Let me just go through a few of these winners. It's pretty darn cool. Uh, Austin uh, Beer Garden, Austin Beer Garden Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. These guys win a lot of awards, and I've been to the Austin 
uh, beer garden. It does not come off like a brewery. It comes off like a beer garden. Like, I mean, they do brew their own beer on the premises and stuff. And it is available in the greater Austin area, uh, I believe, uh, in other places now. But uh, they won gold. Uh, in the Pilsner category, uh, silver went to Live Oak Brewing Company, and uh, bronze went to Real Ale. And these are all being from Texas, we're familiar with all of these breweries. Mm-hmm. And I will just say, if you're not from Texas, you need to come visit us and sample some of these because the there really is some great there, craft yeah, there's beer some going great on craft in, in Texas. Texas. Uh, in the category of American International Lager slash Light Lager. Uh, La Beer from Austin won the gold. 500 pesos from Farmer's Branch won the silver. And Polymath from uh, Dallas uh, won the bronze. Yeah, and so these are all all beers that I haven't tried. So I'm very excited to be able to put my hands on some of this. And um, that's one of the things I always do. Whenever I travel anywhere, one of the things I always want to do is go to the beer store Mm -hmm. or the supermarket and find the beers that I can't. Right, find some Get, locals can't find, that are fun uh, locally. And exactly, exactly. In the uh, category of golden blonde and light ales, uh, the gold went to Nido Bandito out of Dallas. Big I love their Thicket name. Blonde uh, from uh, Dallas uh, took the silver, and Easy Breezy from uh, uh, Buckskin Brewing Company in uh, Nederland uh, picked up the bronze. Nederland, even yeah. The Kolsch category. Uh, K. Eckers Kolsch from Central District Brewing in Austin uh, won the gold. Alstead Kolsch uh, from Fredericksburg. Alstead Kolsch is outstanding. That's the silver. And then Frost Beer from Frost Town Brewing uh, here in Houston. Yes, won the, uh, I ex- that was. I went to the, that. The I sent you a picture from Frost you Town. You did. Brewing. Yes, I remember. That's walking distance from your house. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited to go try their Kolsch. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that soon. <laughs> Uh, in the um, category for session and standard German and Czech lagers, uh, the bronze went to Das Boots with the Fur from Nederland uh, and the Buxkin, uh, Buxton uh, Brewing Company. Uh, Letty from Doracal Distilling and Brewing in San Antonio took uh, the silver. And the Freudian Slip and Slide, what a great name. <laughs> Freudian Slip uh, and Slide. From Roadmap Brewing Company, San Antonio took the gold. We got we, we got to do a road trip here and check out some of these yeah. breweries. I'm very excited about uh, trying some of these. In the uh, category for Strong German and Czech Lagers, Dortschlager from uh, Kunstier Brewing in San Antonio. Uh, Kenster Brewing in San Antonio uh, took the uh, bronze. The silver went to Zilker Brewing Company's Zilkerator out of Austin. Zilkerator. And uh, from Salado, Texas, Barrow Brewing Company, Salado Bach was their uh, their gold medal winning um, uh, beer. Nice. Uh, in the category for classic UK styles, the 512 Nut Brown out of Austin uh, took the bronze. Yeah. That's a great beer. Uh, the uh, House of Lords from Jersey Village, which is a Houston uh, suburb, uh, uh, from Senate Avenue Brewing Company. I'm not familiar with Senate Avenue. Are you? Uh-uh. They're they're out of uh, Jersey Village. Uh, Senate Avenue, Senate. Senate. Oh, I think you're right. Sorry. I mean, I've heard of Senate, but I haven't. I think it's Senate that. Avenue. Sorry, I was, I was. You, you know, put sometimes the emphasis on the wrong. Well, syllable. sometimes when you you're reading like <laughs> these cigar names, these beer names, it's very easy to assume that the word is an exotic one, right? <laughs> That's got some uh, different uh, pr- pronunciation. Uh, in classic UK styles, Walking Stick Brewing Company from Houston, oh, yeah. uh, with their Castle Pale Ale. Uh, uh, roared into the gold spot. So I find this list interesting. Walking so Stick going. is right there by uh, 
quite a few other little breweries over there in the Heights. There's like mm-hmm. a little area where you can walk from brewery to just. It's like brewery town. William Price is right there, too. Uh-huh. So, like, what, what uh-huh. brewery, brewery, distillery. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, it's just a neat cool. area. <laughs> uh, Free Will uh, um, took gold in the uh, session and standard hoppy pale ales and lagers. Uh, Free Will from Austin's Lazarus Brewing Company. Vector Brewing's Open Rhythms took the silver and Floating in Space from uh, Good Line Beer Company in Lubbock uh, took the bronze. Uh, I told you all about the... um, uh, I told you all about the uh, Stouts and Porters, yes. American IPA. Uh, the bronze went to uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights from Lazarus Brewing Company out of Austin. I'm not familiar with those guys, are you? I think that's the Lazarus? second time they've been on a list. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Oddwood Brewing's Cold Night for Alligators came in <laughs> at number two, it, uh, or the silver, rather. Uh, they're out of <laughs> Austin. And Austin uh, rounding out the IPA category here, or the American IPA category. Meanwhile, Brewing Company's Secret Beach came in so at Austin, one. Texas owned all three of those. And they're they're putting up a pretty good showing for Hazy IPA as well. Heavenly Days from Silker Brewing Company is the bronze. Uh, Leaf Peeper from Holdout Brewing is the silver. And Juice Serum from uh, Salina, Texas and Rollertown Beer Works uh, took gold in Hazy IPAs. Nice. So I, I, that's one thing I think Houston's got a number of great Hazy IPAs. Yeah. I love the Juicy from St. Arnold. Big fan of the Mini Boss from uh, Eureka High. Spindle Tap. Spindle Tap. Come on. Spindle Tap. Those you guys do more Hazy's and Juicy's. And just try any IPA if you want. They're, they're and like, for that matter, Ingenious. Yeah. Uh, ingenious yeah. Is, is outstanding. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Those two are kind of on the way to each other. Too, <clears> yeah, from yeah, they re- they really are. Amber and dark beers. The bronze went to uh, Sunrise uh, from uh, Pondicetta Brewing Company out of Amarillo. Not familiar with that. I apologize. Um, Bowie Bach from Freetail Brewing Company, San Antonio, took the silver, and uh, from Acapon Brewing Company in Dripping Springs, the uh, Karnstein Amber and Dark took the. Uh, <clears throat> took the gold medal. Here's a category for you, my friend. The barley wine and strong Ooh. ale category. <clears throat> Out of uh, Lubbock, Texas, Goodline Beer Company's Old Man Marley took the bronze. <laughs> um, Sabotage from Eighth Wonder took the silver. Eighth oh, Wonder in Houston. I'm going to have to go see if that's available. Mm-hmm. And Battle of Britain from Maple Branch Craft Brewery took the uh, gold in uh, strong, uh, strong ales and barley wine. So... All very, very interesting. There's a number of other um, <clears throat> categories. I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, I, I do want to. I do want to do barrel and wood aged beers because I think you'll be interested in in this one. The um, <clears throat> the award for the bronze uh, went to the Bourbon Barrel We Heavy from Ranger Creek nice. out of San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, the uh, silver goes to the Bourbon Barrel Aged Castle Black. From Pondesada Brewing Company out of Amarillo. And number one, uh, the Lion Share X from Lakewood Brewing out of Garland, Texas. So uh, very interesting uh, stuff. And I realize this is a little bit Texas-focused and not everybody. Oh, the Temptress series series is wonderful. Wonderful beers. So I realize this is a little Texas-focused and not everybody lives in Texas. But because we do, and we're really proud of the Texas beer scene, and I I think it does not get the respect it deserves uh, nationally. Uh, I I feel personally 
Uh, Texas wines have come a long way. A lot of them now are very, very good. But I think as it relates to the rest of the wine industry, I think the Texas craft beer scene is more important to the overall craft beer uh, picture than the Texas wine scene yeah. is to the overall wine picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because there's just so many great yeah, but beers you know what? going like, on in the so state. If you're listening to the show, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of Texas beers here, but man, you could hit us up on an email with like, what are the best ones in your state? You know, I want to hear what's going on in Maryland. I want to hear what's going on in you know, and, Oregon. And, I want to hear what's going on. You so know, let me in, just go Indiana. ahead. And, yeah, let me go ahead and issue this challenge. Um, the email address is, we talked about it earlier on the show, ST, it's easy to remember, smoking and toasting, ST at rfcmedia.com. Send us an email. Tell us your name and what state you live in and what the five best beers that come from your state are, in your opinion. Oh, this is so fun. Won't, the, won't these be I fun to read? already. Yeah, won't these be fun to read? Send us your favorite beers, and you don't have to justify it. They're just your favorites. Like, what do you think are the best? You can justify it if you want, by the way. You can tell us all you want about each of the beers. But what I'm really interested in is the five from your state, because here's what we'll do. We'll do our best to get our hands on those beers yeah, and uh, talk about them and taste them here on the show, because that's what this is all about, right? So, uh, so again, it's st at rfcmedia.com. If you will send Did us you your say five- st at rfcmedia.com? That's exactly what I said. Thank you. S for smoking, T for toasted. And the reason we did the email address that way, by the way, uh, was just because... If we say smoking and toasting, then you got to figure out, do they want the apostrophes? So do they not want the, the apostrophes? In the early days of this, yes, I yes. set up an email address, and we still have it. Yeah. But it's hard when you have to tell everybody, okay, I think it's with the with the um, apostrophes and no Gs. Right, exactly. And an yeah. ampersand and no ampersand. So, no, I love, I love your method way better yeah, because and, and, I just didn't know any better back then. Put the emoji of the guy laughing so hard he's crying, then you'll get to us, you know. <laughs> no, no, ST at RFC Media. That's so easy, ST at RFC Media dot com. Yeah, so, so while we were talking about this, you had poured this tequila, and I picked my cup up thinking it was more of the Voodoo Ranger, uh, Space Force Imperial IPA, uh-huh. and took a big old swig. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, boy, is it peppery. Yeah, it is super peppery. So let's talk about this tequila a little bit. This is uh, Excelia, Añejo tequila. Um, it, was, um, it was new to me. I had not seen this before. I bought the bottle, and uh, so. Uh, and by the way, thank you so much for clearing the uh, the the, the Again, thin, gets, gets dangerous every plastic time we talk off the top. It. And you notice there was no spills today because yes, the neck had yes. been cleared of. Right. Sometimes, tequila. if we don't do that as a safety measure, we can wind up with spillage. Or I know you've had some nasty plastic cuts on the tips of your fingers. Uh, it's happened, man. Uh, like, and I didn't even notice till later when I was yeah. cutting a jalapeno or something. You know. I'm sorry, that was just a funny image. You're cutting a jalapeno. Ow! Damn it, Cruz didn't clear the neck. Why didn't I wear gloves? Um, This says Grand Cuvée. I don't know what the numbers are, but 16100 and 33210. So we know it's 100% agave. 100% agave. Uh, And it's a little bit hard to read that that print there because it's small and it's, you know, doesn't stand out that much against the edge of the bottle. But um, 
I'm reading the fine print in in the finish uh, of this tequila. Celia is an artisanal tequila made in Los Altos from 100% tequila. Uh, tequila Blue Wonder Agave harvested at peak maturity to ensure all utmost smoothness, fruitiness, and sweetness. Mm -hmm. Double distilled in copper pot stills and double matured in old uh, barrels of French brandy and vintage Sauterne cast. The uh, tequila develops a unique tasting profile from elegant fruity notes to complex uh flavors of spicy wood or rancio mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the way if you are i i happen to think this is very good it's 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 it's, a it's little... interesting so it's it's polarizing i didn't know what to expect because tequila is very so much in flavor mm -hmm. i mean I, I guess i guess all spirits do uh but this is this is a polar opposite of a lot of times what we end up with in here this well, is usually you get like a, a little bit of the maple and caramel this doesn't have that but it does have the vanilla so it's this a has very... a stripped down version this is pepper this is oak this is vanilla mm -hmm. um and uh and a little buttery kind of flavor going on right behind it this has uh also a very very uh uh mineral uh, yes, it has minerality to it. To it. No very, question. very big, like mineral flavor to it. Mm -hmm. So this is absolutely not what I expected. I expected a little sweeter. I mm -hmm. expected a little. Uh, here's the air quotes smoother. But this, it's not that this is hard it, to drink. It's but just, it is not a sweet, sweeter tequila at all. It's I mean, not, it's, and I kind of like it because of this. Yeah, I'm interested it, to see. I wonder what a few drops of water or even a, a chip of ice would do to it. We might have to test this theory out. I don't know if it would get. Um, if it would gain more bitter or if it gain more sweet, it's a little hard to tell. But it's actually really, really nice the way it is. So if you're looking mm -hmm. for some, how, what was the price point on this? It's about you know? sixty five. Yeah, I would I would assume so. Um, it's a beautiful bottle too. The bottle just feels like it has that it has that like well made mm -hmm. kind of. So if you are a tequila person, let me uh, put a date on your calendar. The first week of May, it'll be the show that we do for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Cinco de Mayo is on uh, a Friday, the 5th of May, obviously. Uh, so the show that comes out Cinco de Mayo is actually Spanish for Cinco of Mayo. Cinco of Mayo, so yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the show that we do that week is going to be, I think, one of the most, uh, for me personally, one of the most fun we've ever done. Oh, it's going to be just ridiculous. Our special guest will be. Wait for it. Liliana. Wait for it. Our tequila expert. And. Mark Burrell, Dude, our wine expert, who is also wait. a big tequila fan. I can't wait to see those two in the same room. Right. So we're going to come in. We're going to we're going to have them on as guests, and then we're going to do. John will be very busy pouring that day because we're going to be doing an añejo tequila blind taste test. Now they know each other. They they do know each other. They I think do they do know yes. each other. Well, I mean, they know each other from the show. Do they know each other outside of the show? Well, so uh, Liliana's son. Oh right, yes, is a regular at the Rainbow Lodge, mm -hmm. and they so they've met, which is where Mark Burrell uh, is the uh, sommelier. Yeah, he's the yeah. sommelier. And by so, the way, we went there for Valentine's Day. Yeah, how was Day. that? <laughs> so good. I got to make a reservation. Uh, anyway, they will be joining <laughs> us the uh, week of Cinco de Mayo, the first week of May, and it's a an Añejo Tequila Blind Taste Test, and all bets are off. It's going to be wild. They're they're going to be so fun together. <laughs> I, I love gonna, it. They're going to absolutely love, love each other. All right, we'll be right back. Speaking of all bets are off. Uh, drinking news right around the corner on Smoking and Toasting.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, I, oh. I, not to mention. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the tequila. The tequila, yeah. Uh, I was just about to say, I, I, I really like this tequila. It's very different from the tequilas that I usually like, but I, I'm just really enjoying it. I, I dig it. And I have not seen this one before. So this could be a newer brand. I don't know. I mean, obviously, they've got, they had Blanco and uh, Reposado and Añejo, and I, I picked up a bottle of the Añejo, but pretty uh, darn it's good. Just really, yeah, just really, really good. And you just picked it up on the strength of the way it looks. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, so, all right. So let me just say this my specs at uh, 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 on Smith Street in Midtown. They're awesome. Like, I love the store. It's like one of my favorite places in the world. Because it's one of the best liquor stores in the world. Yeah, like, it, that it place truly is amazing. Is. It truly is. But I will say one thing is the guy that works the tequila aisle, like, tries too hard to help me. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, I'm sure the motivation is, is, is wonderful. But sometimes I just want to walk down the tequila aisle, scan the shelves, look for things that I don't know. That I might be able to buy and bring in to the show if we're doing tequila that mm-hmm. week, right? So, but he always tries to help me, and then he kind of hovers a little bit, and it's like, dude, I'm gonna look at every bottle on the shelf. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna be, be a while, while, and then I'm gonna buy something. So I'm, I mean, I'm taking care it's, of. I'm it's good. like going to a museum with me. Yeah. Right. Yes, I'm gonna read every plaque. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy who, when they do the guided audio tour, who stops and listens to the entire spiel yes. at every. You're that guy. I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, but yes, uh, I, I I do. I go through. I look at everything, and I look for bottles I haven't seen before because I've been drinking tequila for a while, and I know a lot of it. So. Oh, by the way, yeah, that specs downtown. Yeah, the food section. Oh, dude, and mercy, have you ever gotten a sandwich from there? Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> they're they're not inexpensive, but boy, are they worth well, it. Well, so first off, one of those sandwiches will feed you for two meals. <laughs> like if you eat the whole thing in one meal, which is possible, and I have done it, it's totally not necessary. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we'll be, we'll be getting to uh, a little bit of information about uh, cigars to watch for, which I promise. Some interesting things coming out, including some releases for St. Patrick's Day, because, you know, any holiday that's based around drinking should also be based around smoking a great cigar. And so that's what we'll try to yes. encourage you to do. And we'll look forward to that. But right now. And doesn't it, Alec Bradley make a, a hooligan cigar? Yes, they do. And it's coming shot. back out. That's part of what we're doing. It's yeah. cigars to watch for. So uh, we'll tell you all about that coming up in just a few minutes. But first, it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News. Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News. Drinking News. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, here at Drinking News, we brought you our fair share of stories about people breaking the law. <laughs> you know, I just have to say, and and thank you for the Judas Priest. Like, 
Juice Priest on the ukulele is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Almost as awesome as. Uh, is there any song Beavis and Butthead were more known for than <laughs> Breaking, Breaking the Law? Breaking, Breaking the Law. Yeah. It was just, they just reveled in it. It there was, was a, well, So there, there was that one, and then the only other one I think that is like. They they kind of really crushed on like they really crushed on Winger a whole bunch. Oh, man. big they, time! They used Winger to, and Journey too. They crushed they, on Journey big time. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, wonderful. Uh, well, here at Drinking News, we brought we brought you our fair share of stories about people breaking the law, whether it was stealing a penguin from an Australian SeaWorld, using an inflatable Grinch to drive in the HOV lane. Pouring a bucket of urine on your neighbor's front porch. I mean, we've all done it. Or making sure that your wedding guests have a really great time by baking cannabis into all your reception food. Uh, we've had plenty of stories about people running afoul of the law. But the truth most likely is that at one time or another, all of us have broken the law. I know I've done it. What are you talking about? We know politicians do it. Hell, I'll bet even you, Ian, have committed a violation or two in your time. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm wearing one of those right now. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it is sometimes possible to break the... Hey, look, what you're wearing under your clothes is your business. So, You know, it's sometimes possible, though, to break the law without even knowing that you're doing it. And so that's why today, as a public service, Smoking and Toastin's Drinking News is going to let you know about some laws that might have escaped your notice. Let's keep it legal, my brothers. For example, in Virginia... It is, it is legal to hunt, and it is legal to worship, but it is not legal to hunt within 200 yards of a place of worship on a Sunday. You've been warned. In Washington State, you can go to jail for using an x-ray machine to measure your feet in order to see what shoe size you should wear, <laughs> unless you're a podiatrist. And then it's okay. <laughs> There's a caveat to that one. Also in Washington. Like, at, how, how does, <laughs> how does that uses, become a law? Who uses an X-ray? Right, exactly. There had to, there had to be an incident. Because I mean, there's okay for that to actually become a law, there has to be like multiple steps involved, right? <laughs> there had to have been at least one, and probably more interesting <laughs> incidents where, yeah, yeah. Why were you using my X-ray machine to find out what shoe size you are? Also in Washington, in Skamania County, lawmakers passed a bill in 1969 deeming, and I'm quoting from the bill here, slaying of a Bigfoot to be a felony and punishable by up to five years in prison. The law was later amended, designating Bigfoot as an endangered species. I'm not making this up, because, of course. Uh, <laughs> in Wisconsin. Is it Okay, go ahead. America's Dairyland. It is not legal for you to make any cheese of any kind unless it is determined to have a fairly pleasing flavor. <laughs> do not make bad cheese. Yeah, do not make bad or cheese. Or you will be. Yeah, or you will be breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> um, building a commercial building in Wyoming? Make sure you don't violate the law by failing to include works of art for public display. Yep. Maybe that painting of dogs playing poker uh, or something like that. You have one to of have, the finest yeah. like tapestries of all time. Oh, yeah, come on, dude that 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 is something that is worth more than the carpet that it was painted on. Does anyone in here has anyone in here never owned that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't see any hands up. <laughs> John is just smiling. <laughs> in Arkansas, 
be absolutely certain that you don't beep your horn after 9 p.m. outside a place of business if they serve sandwiches or cold drinks. But only if. If you're at Hobby Lobby, you know, honk away. But, yeah, if they serve sandwiches or cold cuts <laughs> after 9 p.m., no beeping your horn. That's the, that's the rule. At a sandwich shop. Here in our home state of Texas, it is 100% illegal to be found eating your neighbor's garbage without permission. I, you know, so again, somebody had to make that a law. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it, you know, so here's the deal: when something happens once, I don't feel like that's of a monumental enough uh, uh, event to to say like, oh my gosh, we need a law right now. So that had to happen mm -hmm. more than once for somebody to make it an issue to become a law. Exactly. Now, yeah. You don't, you don't think there could be a law based on one instance, right? It would have to be at least two. You would think that it has to be a recurring instance yeah, for someone exactly. to go, okay, you know what? There needs to be a law. <laughs> there ought to be a law. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, you know, some people are saying in California there ought to be a law against buying tobacco. We talked about that earlier in the show. Buying cigars, buying uh, any any kind of tobacco pro uh, product. Not sure I agree with that, but I may have to go on record as being in support of this law because in California – it is perfectly legal to enter live frogs into frog jumping contests, but it is absolutely forbidden to eat your frog if it dies during the competition. What? what? <laughs> why? Like you said, this, something had to have happened, right? I mean, right? why? Put them in a pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you enter a frog into a frog jumping contest, that's legal. If but then, dies, that therefore excludes him. Yeah, if he dies from the edibles the contest, category of the contest, because <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs> like, you've got frog jumping, you got frog edibles, right? Right. In Kentucky, it's totally against the law to display, handle, or use any breed of reptile during any religious service. And in uh, in that the, seems a little bit on the um, uh, restricting religious rights. You think so? Yeah. If I want to handle snakes at my uh, tent revival. Uh, but I can also I see why that became a law. You know, at some all point. of those guys, and I'm just telling you this is true. All of those guys have been bitten at one point or another. What's, did you ever watch the Grizzly Man movie? No, I didn't see Grizzly Man. Can I give you the end? I've seen Cocaine Bear, though. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> no, that yet. I actually haven't. I won't go to I see that. I totally want to see that. Uh, the only movie like that. That movie I've, looks so bad, it's going to be awesome. The only movie that looks so bad, it's going to be awesome that I've ever actually gone to see, and I saw this. In the theater, ladies and gentlemen, with snakes on a plane. I haven't I, seen that. I movie loved ever. every bad minute. Of it. <laughs> well, see, that's it like Cooking Bear seems like it's going to be that. Yeah, no, Cooking Bear's totally that. Anyway, well, I'm sorry, no, I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> the Grizzly Man movie, where the guy like feels like he's friends with the Grizzlies. Oh. And he goes and camps out with them. Oh, my goodness. I just took. So just... here's the end of the movie. He gets at. He gets at at the end of the movie. Oh, you by a grizzly. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Now, yeah. there's no way that I thought that that's what could have happened when I first started watching this show. Right. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I can't understand why people would think anything else would happen. So I, I haven't seen Cocaine Bear, but I have seen the trailer. And I knew I wanted to see the movie when. Have, I, have you watched Ted? Oh, yeah. I've seen Ted. Ted's got some pretty funny parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in Cocaine Bear, in the trailer, I knew that I wanted to see the movie. 
obviously the plot is a bear gets into some cocaine and then he becomes all crazy yeah, yeah. he goes on a rampage right but but the thing that made me know that i wanted to see it is in the trailer there's this brief like one second shot of the bear lying on its back making a snow angel uh, it's like okay i gotta see that movie there's no way i cannot see uh that movie cocaine bear so anyway in kentucky it's against the law to display handle or use any breed of reptile during any religious service and in louisiana you may not have reptiles you may not have known this and this is the week to talk about it at or near mardi gras there goes my plans for uh for the week uh, i just want to point out that louisiana <clears throat> is full of reptiles yeah and reptiles themselves are breaking that law all the time. Oh, totally. All you know the there's street. plenty of snakes. But I guess they were trying to you know, keep people from bringing snakes into the, the crowd. Oh, right, right. Watch yeah. or whatever. But my personal favorite, and it's perfect, I think, to close out our drinking news segment, <clears throat> comes from Minnesota, where the law specifically states that no person may be charged with or convicted of the offense of drunkenness or public drunkenness. That's a law in Minnesota. You cannot be charged with drunkenness. There's a but. No. Really? Yeah, yeah. In fact, reporting live from Minnesota, the state known as the Star of the North and the potential new home of smoking and toasting, where I've just ordered <laughs> another round. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Oh, hold on a second. Isn't there a place like just north of Atlanta, uh, Georgia, like Kennesaw, or one of those areas where it's literally on the books? It's illegal to not carry a firearm. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I should have found that. I one think it's one of those laws that's like. Yeah. Somebody look that up because I may be wrong. I think that's where Marjorie Taylor Greene lives, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> We'll look drinking that up. News, <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> By the way, during the drinking news segment, you know, during our, our one of our last segments, I picked up and took a huge swallow of the tequila, not realizing that was my tequila cup. During this segment, I didn't take a swallow. I didn't even take a taste, but I put this to my nose. And smelled it because we're about to taste. I was way too busy breaking music licensing laws. <laughs> thank, and thank you for that. Uh, we're about uh, we're about to taste this untitled art. Uh, oh my uh, gosh! Smell yeah, that. Is, is that not is that not the greatest smelling beer you've ever smelled? I got to be honest. You if you put this right. to my nose and said, "What is this?" I don't know the beer would even enter oh, I know. my mind. I know it really does. It smells smell like, like ice cream. It smells ice like cream when you're, and waffles. You know when your ice cream sits out a little too long yes. and it's sogged up the yes. cake real bad? Yeah. It <laughs> totally smells like dude. that. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you a uh, a hint into my dementia. Um, <laughs> good, when, good to know. <laughs> when, I, uh, when I do eat ice cream, which I try not to do too much, mm. I love it so much, and I know uh, how, how, you know how many calories it has. But when I do eat it, uh, I put it in the microwave for nine seconds. Oh, just to soften and up then, the outside a little bit. And then I stir it <sighs> to where it's like soft. And then I put chocolate syrup on it. Oh, you oh, have a method, dude, sir. That is, that's that's a definition of heaven right there. Or maybe this is. I'm based not happy on the smell. This have is you done unbelievable. Research? First of all, let me just say, Untitled Art, these guys are creative connoisseurs. They really are. They really go for it. And they do... 
they don't do necessarily bizarre stuff like like I think of ingenious as those guys will try anything. Those guys can do some bizarre right? stuff, they, bizarre and wonderful, but they can do anything. Untitled art, I more think of them as these this guys is, are just. How can we make ice cream waffle pastry into a beer? But they've done it. This That's is unbelievable. Exactly what this is. Oh, you got to try this. Uh, this uh, brewery is out of Wanucky, Wisconsin. And they are, and I don't even know if that's like close to Green Bay or anything. I don't beer. even know, but the beer is amazing. And we've had other Untitled Art beers on this show before, so and we've been crazy about all of them. We've had beers that have, like, this is ice cream waffle pastry stout, okay? Right. And it tastes like and, every and, one and of those things. it just says right on here, it says, uh, pastry stout made with milk sugar, midnight wheat malt, and uh, natural flavors. Mm-hmm. We've had beers on here that have like this long description of what's in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can kind of start parsing out flavors. First off, this smells like ice cream. Yeah, it does. And it tastes like and ice then, cream, waffle, pastry. The stout. initial the initial sip. I mean, you get ice cream up front and then it rolls into this this waffle but drenched in maple mm-hmm. syrup waffle. Oh. Like let me be honest. Who doesn't like a waffle that's been sitting there a little too long and just got soggy with the syrup? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I like waffles that are soggy in the middle and crispy, a little on, the crispy on the outside. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. It's Smoking and Toasting. This beer is incredible. Outrageous. I just need you to make some Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. By the way, Ian, um, I had mentioned on last week's show, and it was just because I had my dates confused, uh, that Abby Heim was going to be joining us. She is with Pink Boots, which I, I don't know a lot about, but I understand that they're uh, representing women in craft beer. And she's also involved with uh, uh, Great Ike Brewery. So mm-hmm. she's going to be bringing on some uh, some cool beers, and we're going to talk to her. But that that has been moved to March. That'll be coming up uh, uh, in, in several weeks. So that's why she was on today's show. That was my goof, not hers. So I just wanted to mention that. And uh, I hope I'm not goofing about this because an old friend returns to the show next week as we welcome back Joe Breda from Old Humble Distilling. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, and I love what he And I believe that they've just released a bourbon. So I have a feeling that's what he's here to talk about. So uh, you remember, you, I think last time he had that coffee whiskey that he was experimenting yes, with. And yes, it was, actually it was so good. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love uh, Joe. I love uh, that whole distillery and what they're all about. So I'm, I'm very excited. And then coming up uh, on the first week of March, Tim Young and Joel Johnson will join us. They are with Hooten Young Whiskey and yeah. Cigars, and so we're really excited about this. In fact, we may be trying to do the show on location so we can smoke. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're in on this. this I'm is for good. it. This is good. And then the week after that, Abby Heim will be here. So <clears throat> we'll find out about Pink Boots and what they're all doing. But uh, but a lot, of, a lot of great guests on the show. And as I mentioned, the week of Cinco de Mayo. Very excited about <laughs> That's going to be such a fun Añejo show. Tequila Blind Taste Test. Blind being the operative word. Yes. Not only will we not know what we're tasting, but we'll probably be blind by the end of the show. It's <laughs> uh, probably how that's going to work out. So, uh, fun time hanging with you today. Three really excellent beers. The Mardi Gras Bach, I really loved. 
the Voodoo Ranger is now my favorite Imperial IPA of all time. It's pretty freaking <laughs> yeah. amazing, man. And then how do you go wrong with Untitled Art and the ice cream waffle this, pastry this stout? This pastry stout. Man, it's just pretty darn good. Mm. You know what's interesting? Is it's not super boozy. I don't know what I don't know what the percentage is. Eight percent, so it's not brutal, yeah. but it's not gentle. So we actually either. actually the IPA was bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, the IPA is bigger than that. Yeah, it's nine yeah. and a half but, percent. Dude, that's that's super fun. I love it. Well, uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in on the program uh, this week. Hope you enjoyed uh, checking out the Texas uh, World Cup uh, Beer Award uh, winners. Very proud of some of our uh, local and, and regional breweries. Don't forget to send us your uh, your local faves, mm -hmm. uh, if, especially from outside of Texas, or even if you're inside of Texas. Yeah. At, uh, we, what we want is what are your favorite beers from your state? Yes. That's what, that's what we want to hear. So if you live in... A huge state like Texas or a small state like Rhode Island doesn't matter. Just out of the beers you've tried that are from your state, what are your top five favorites? And uh, and send send us that list. The email address is st at rfcmedia.com. And I'll also say, by the way, you can send us any questions you want, whether they're about cigars or craft beer or spirits or just, you know, life in general. Dating tips. Ian's really good with those. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so yeah. he, will, uh, he will, uh, will help you out. So, yeah, whatever yeah. whatever you're looking for. Ask. Yeah, whatever you're looking for. Uh, so uh, you also, can also send, send us beers. Send yeah, us beers. Right. And you can also send us uh, comments about things we've talked about on the you know show. How, you know how a lot of people are like, hey, click uh, click uh, subscribe and hit the bell. We're mm -hmm. like, just send us beers. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if on our YouTube channel, down at the bottom of the video at the end, there was a button you could click to send us beer. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Uh, we're going to work on that and have more more information for I you mean, next YouTube week. I mean, YouTube has completely demonetized us, but we wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, we, that's all right. We would, if you send us beer, we're happy. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you for joining us for number 316 of Smoking and Toasting. And until we meet again next week with our special guest, Joe Breda from Old Humble. Cheers, Cheers, y'all.